God, that you're the creator, you're Elohim. God, we just thank you for being Jehovah Rapha. We thank you that you are the God that healeth us on this morning. We thank you, Father God. We're so grateful, Father. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I know that you're here. And while you're here, Holy Spirit, be our teacher, be our helper. Lead us, guide us into all truth today. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And God, you shall get all the glory, you shall get all the honor, and you shall get all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to continue our teaching. Turn with me to Jeremiah 17. And we're going to hear what the Lord has to say this morning. Hallelujah. We thank God for his word, because his word is true. So we're asking God this morning to sanctify us in truth. Hallelujah. Open our eyes and allow us to see the wonderful things out of his law. Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning at verse 5. The word of God reads, Thus says the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and make flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, and a salt land, and not inhabit it. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spread out her roots by the river, and shall not, and shall not see when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green, and shall not be shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. I still want to talk about, talk about trusting God and not man. Amen. Trusting God and not man. And last Sunday I talked about it's not God, uh, man's way, it's God's way. So we want to make sure that we're trusting God and not man. And I want everybody to understand that God put man on this earth, and when he put man on this earth, he has given man, when I'm talking about man, I'm talking about woman as well, he has given us um, things that, you know, he would have for us to do. We all know that, you know, there's doctors, there's lawyers, there's carpenters, there's um, plumbers, there's electricians, there's mechanics, everybody have some type of profession that they're doing. They have something that they do. But God wants you to know is you can't put your full confidence in man in these areas and expect man to fulfill everything because man will miss it without God. Now I want you to hear this. Man will miss it without God. So we don't put our trust and confidence in man. We put it in God. When we put it in God, in him, he will show us what to do and how to do it. He will show us his way of doing. And when we do it his way, it's going to always turn out for good. Because when God said, God saw, it was good. So anything that God does is good. So it doesn't matter what you see in a you that looks so bad that looks so horrible when we put our trust in God we begin to see what God is seeing and God begin to give us confidence he begin begin to comfort us in our times of trouble amen because he is a present help in the time of trouble that's why we have to trust him and not put our confidence in man when you look at this verse 5 it says thus says the Lord cursed I stop right there because 
When we look at that word curse, we look at how Jesus took all the curses. He took it upon himself, but this is not what this word is talking about here. And this is why you have to define the words in the Bible to know what they mean. Every curse in the Bible don't mean the same thing. So if you don't go look it up to see what's being said, you would take it for what you perceive it to be. See, that's man. Man have to see God's way. I don't care if you got all the education in the world, PhD, DDD, whatever you've got. If God is above all of that, he's above all these doctorates and all of this. Some people get all of these degrees in front of their name and they think they know everything. That's the problem. When you don't know him, you don't know everything. And even when you know him, he's only given you what he wants to give you because God know where each individual is. So when you look at that word curse, it means to remove the influence of God. To take away his protection. That's what that means. So when you put your trust in man, you're saying that you're moving God out the way. You don't need his help. You don't need his protection. You don't need to be influenced by God. Oh my goodness, have we done this? Meaning that, you know, I got this. Or the one that you're going to, they got this. You keep going because you trusted them to give you the answer. When the word of God says, if you call on me, I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. This is the key that you don't know. Understand this. Because God is an all-knowing God. We try to fix something that God has already fixed over 2,000 years ago through his son. Like I said before, in one of my teachings, God knew about this pandemic. He knew what was coming before it was coming. That's why Jesus took everything upon him on the cross. Jesus took everything that would even try to come at us. He took it so we don't have to take it. That's why we have to get to know him. So whatever come, we say, God, Jesus already paid the price for it. Something that has already been paid for, you don't have to do nothing to get it, but believe in the one that paid the price. Our problem is we don't believe that God is who he say he is. When you look up, man didn't create the stars. They didn't create the heavens. They didn't create all of these things. Man could not do it. God done it by his awesome power. It was El Shaddai, the all-powerful one that done this, the creator of heaven and earth. And without him, nothing that which was made would not have been made, not even you and me. But God gave us a great privilege. He gave, he honored us. As man on this earth to place us in the garden of Eden after he put things the way he wanted them to be. He said, I'm going to let man run this for me. I'm going to let man take care of what I have put in place. So what I'm saying is, if you're not speaking the word over your situation, then your situation is going to remain the same. Even though God changed it, even though God done something about it before it even come upon you. If you don't begin to speak those things that be not as though they were, you're settling for what's in front of you. And some of us settle for what's in front of us because we go on man when man say, it's no hope. What if Abraham went on man? And I'm pretty sure it was some doctors back there in that time. Because they knew Sarah was too old. They knew Abraham was past the years 
of having, you know, producing a child. They knew this. But one thing the Bible says is not that he didn't know that this was going on with his body of Sarah's. He didn't look at that. He looked at what God said. And I want to ask you, whom are you looking to? What have you heard from man that you taken as truth? Because here it says, curse is a man. That means that curse means that we're saying that God can't do what he said he's going to do. That means that God said, okay, if you put your trust in man, I'm removing my protection. I'm removing my hand because you're not trust. And I'm going to get deep into this because this is what's happening. You cannot be double minded. A double minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I was teaching on Tuesday and the Lord was telling me that we have to stay in alignment with his word. That means that we got to line up with what he's saying. And he was telling me about a car being out of alignment. And of course I had to ask my husband because I don't know too much about that. But I do know when a car is going left and it's going right, something is not right with that car. But some of us drive a car like that and try to control the wheel to keep it going straight ahead. Amen. Some women and some men, because you don't even know what's going on. As long as you can get from point A to point B, you don't care which way is wavering. You done got used to it being like that. But when somebody get in your car and they ride with you, they say, what in the world is wrong? Your car is out of alignment. Well, I didn't know. And the reason why you didn't know is because you got used to it. But when we come into alignment with his word, when we go off to the left or we go off to the right, the word of God is going to help us to go straight ahead. Some of you are still wavering because you ain't in the word. I'm being honest. You waver. You can't touch and agree with people that's believing what God's word said because you're looking at COVID too much. When you look at COVID too much, you wavering the left and you're going right. But when you look into the author and finish your faith, you're looking straight ahead. You're not denying what was said. But you're looking to him and not to man. So God said he want us to be in alignment with his word. And we have to go into the word and let the word go into us. See, you can read the word, but that's just reading it. But all of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit began to give you some enlightenment on a particular verse of scripture, God is saying, stop right there. I'm trying to talk to you. See, some of us, we'll be still to know that God is God and we'll wait for him to talk to us. That's good. But if you're not in your word, you're not going to hear him while he's talking. So the more you get into his word, God's going to verify what he's saying by his word. He's going to let you know I'm speaking to you. And sometimes we don't want to take the time to go into the word and let the word speak to us. I remember God told me years ago, he said, quit speaking to my word and let my word speak to you. I'm like, huh? He said, you're trying to tell me what my word is saying. I need to be telling you. Oh, yeah. He had to remind me. He said, that's why you have to wait on me. When you in the word, don't be just reading it so quickly to say, I read this this morning. I was with God this morning. Well, what did he say? I ain't heard him yet. And you in the word. God is always speaking, y'all. So God was saying here, 
Cursed is the man that trusts in man and not put their trust in God. And then he reminded me of this. When we remove, we do it. Because God is a present help in the time of trouble. But when we say, I don't need your help, why would he want to help you when you don't need it? Because if you are trusting man, God said, I can't step in the midst of whom you trust in. You got your confidence in them, so I'm still here. But my hands are tied. Because I, I'm giving you everything you need on the inside of you. But if you're telling me you don't want my healing, if you're telling me you don't want my peace, if you're telling me you don't want my joy, if you're telling me you don't want my deliverance, if you're telling me you don't want what I have, even though it's there, I cannot bring it forth. Because you putting your trust in man. You cannot be double-minded, either it's God or it's man. And God is not going to get mad if you choose man. But God said we put no trust or confidence in man. And then he took me back somewhere. A familiar passage that all of us are familiar with. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Some of us is quoting it and quoting it and quoting it and quoting it and still ducking and dodging COVID. Quoting Psalms 91 and ducking and dodging and looking as far as the east is from the west. Making sure nobody breathes on me. Making sure nobody sneezes on me. And if you got a cough, get from around me. Yes, ma'am. Psalms 91, we're familiar with this. He that dwelleth in. Dwelleth means to remain and abide in. Now let's talk about in the secret place. That's a hiding place. That's a shelter. But the Bible say he that dwelleth in. You got to dwell in that place. Not only dwell there, but you got to remain there. Not You got to stay there. Just like your home, you know your address. You know that's where people can find you, not unless you hide in and you found another secret place. Because you didn't give them your address. You know some people do that. They hide. But this place here, it says he that dwell in the secret place. And it's telling you where the secret place is. Your hiding place of the most high, El El Yon, shall abide. When you abide, what you're going to do? You're going to remain under the shadow. That's the protection of the almighty. That's El Shaddai, all powerful God. Let's, let's read this again. Remember, I told you that God says, who shall, it curses the man that put his trust in man. That means you taking yourself away from this shelter. You taking yourself away from El El Yon, the most high God that's above man. That's above all things. You taking yourself out of Psalms 91, which God had already prepared for those that want to abide in. Matter of fact, when you got born again, when you became a Christian, that's your abiding place in him. You're no longer your own. You were bought with the price. Your body belongs to him. That means that you turned yourself over to him first and foremost. So when you say, God, I don't need you, that means you ain't abiding no longer in that secret place, in that place of refuge. You're not abiding there anymore. 
You took yourself. It's not that God took you out. You chose to take yourself out from a place of safety. So we can't waver in this time. Because it's more yet to come. And if you ain't got it yet, when something else come, it's going to get worse than it was before. Now they're talking about another uh, something coming with COVID. You got to wear two masks now. Sooner or later, you ain't, you're going to die and ain't going to be able to breathe. They want you to double mask it. Y'all ain't heard? Come on, y'all heard. Somebody was talking about it. Um, just yesterday, but somebody had already told me about this. Y'all, it's going to keep coming. It's going to keep coming. But we take ourselves out of this secret place by hearing what man has to say instead of being confident in what God had already said. Do y'all know that this Bible mean is already done? It has already been written. There's nothing that's going to change. God is not going to change his mind. Don't forget about old Abraham now. God gave him a promise. He gave him a covenant. Abraham slept with Hagar. He didn't only sleep with Hagar. He lied and said Sarah was his sister, in which she was. He told partial truth that she was not his wife. He lied. He went into Egypt instead of trusting God through a famine. But God still didn't change his mind. Because when God would come to Abraham and tell Abraham what to do, he would change direction. And that's what it's supposed to be for us. See, Abraham was still seeking God. So even though you mess up in your life, come on, all of us mess up. And if you say you don't mess up, man, you already in heaven. Because all of us tell little fibs every now and then. Sometimes we tell people it's all right. And in our mind, we just say, oh, they're going to die. They better get somewhere quick. We be telling people stories, y'all. That's a fib. That's a lie. But then once we realize what it is, we begin to go back to that person. And we begin to apologize. We begin to say, forgive me, because we got the Holy Spirit. Because we're trusting in what the Holy Spirit is telling us and not trusting in the lie that we told. Y'all get it? But a person who know that they're lying and the Holy Spirit is prompting them to tell them to go back. Go back to that person. Let that person know. And you too prideful to say I was wrong. That's being above God. You're a man. You, you just say, okay, I don't need you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He's the Father. He's the Son. And He is the Holy Spirit. All of them have different Duties, they have different ways of doing, but they're one. So when God is telling us through the Holy Spirit, go back and make a correction. Just the other day, I was talking to a person. And I'm going to tell you, that's why it's good to be in prayer. And it's good not to trust yourself. That's why we got to pray without ceasing. Because this flesh will get out of line. And we have to put it back into alignment. And we have to let the flesh know the spirit is in charge. Not you, so I'm going to crucify you. So just the other day, I was talking to someone, and I was talking to them about, you know, how when people see you and they act different when they get around people. So that day when I was at home and I was before the Lord, the Lord said, hold it, go back and apologize. Because the same way you raise your hand and said hello, you could have stopped and 
I held the conversation. I went right back. I made a U-turn. See, that's what repent means. It means to have a change of mind, and it means to bring correction before the devil come in. That's why when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and telling you to do something, you do it right then and there. So when the devil want to come in, that person can say, I beg you to differ. See, but we get so proud because we trust in how we look in front of people. We don't want to go back and make the correction because it makes us look small. It makes us look less of a man or less of a woman. It makes us look like we should have known better. But as long as we do what God tells us to do, it don't matter what man say. Man is going to speak evil of you even when you do good. Because man want to turn around evil and make it good. And make good evil. So what we have to do, we have to come into alignment with him and recognize, God, I can't do nothing without you. You're the vine. I'm the branch. And without you, I am nothing. My nourishment comes from you. And God, I commit my works unto you. My way of doing. My way of seeing things. I commit it unto you. And my thoughts, my plans, my purposes shall be established. That's a promise from God. When I give it to him, when I roll it over to him, commit me, I'm going to roll it over to you, God. I can't do this, God. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to begin. But God, they're waiting on an answer. And you said you're my answer. You're going to answer me. You're going to show me the way I need to go. And I'm going to walk in it. Because God, you know all things. You are all knowing. God, I'm just a man. I'm just human. But you have given me something. You have given me your power. You have given me your ways of doing things, which comes from your word. So God said we got to trust in him. So when we say, God, I don't need your protection, why are we quoting Psalms 91? Because we're not dwelling in that secret place. We're not remaining in there. We're not under his protection because we're still trying to do it. How do we still try to do it? I'm going to double up on the hand sanitizer. I'm going to double up on the mask. I'm going to double up on everything that I need to double up on. And then I'm going to go back and check to see if I've done it. Ooh, if I have some sniffles. Ooh, if I get this. Ooh, if I get that. Ooh, where you been? Ooh. So I'm talking more about COVID than I'm talking about. Have you had a conversation with somebody that COVID was always on their mind? Did you change their way of thinking? Did you give them the mind of Christ that was in you? Or, or you just sat there and said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, mm-hmm, that's what they say. Mm-hmm, that's what they say. Guess what they say? Well, you stay inside now. Be blessed. What? And you think you gave them a word from God. Stay inside now. Be blessed. Don't you come out of that house. Watch who comes around you now. They said if you take vitamin D, if you take this, if you take that. Well, my Bible says, pay attention. To my words. Incline thine ear. Unto my sayings. Let them not depart. From thine eyes. 
Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all flesh. That's my medicine. That's my vitamin D, E, C, everything. Because God, you don't go back on your word. You're not going to go back on your word. See, we got to understand man give you something to cover up. That's all they can do. They give you something to cover up what's going on with you. If that don't give you enough cover, they go back in and check something else that they say will work better, but it's stronger. But my Bible said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what my word says. So that's why God is telling them. He's telling his people through the prophet Jeremiah. He always have someone that speaks on his behalf. And all of us can speak on his behalf. We don't have to be a prophet. Because when you carry the word of God in your mouth. And you always saying what God is saying. You are speaking on his behalf. It ain't about no title. It ain't about I'm not a pastor. I'm not an apostle. I'm not a teacher. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a prophet. So I can't tell them what the word of God is saying. Oh my. Who told you that lie? You don't let nobody leave your presence without sanctifying them in truth. Without telling them what the, you don't be saying, wait a minute, let me call my apostle. You better not call my house and a person dying. You've been taught too well to call me and tell me, can you come over and lay hands? What's wrong with the hands you have from God? Come on, churches are so much in rituals and so much in tradition. If the pastor don't come, if the priest don't come, Holy Mary, if they don't come... Then I'm just going to die. And God is sending you somebody on the behalf of him. And you're missing what you have because you're waiting on some bishop. And a bishop is only a pastor. Look in your word. But they made it so big that held. When I saw, when I saw the word bishop. And don't get me wrong, bishops out there. If that's what you choose to be called, that's what you choose to be called because you can be called the bishop. But we ain't going to have people seeing you with a stick in your hand or rod coming in with something on your head. Hell, bishop. No, it's hell, God. We bow down to no man. That's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm talking about putting confidence in man. We need to put all of our confidence in God. Even when you come to me, when you know what the word is saying, if I'm not giving you what the word is saying, you don't take it because that's flesh. That's why you got to know the word for yourself. You can't go on man. Man will change it around. They will add some to it. They will take away from it. Why? To justify what they're doing. But when you know what the word is saying, you can look at him and say, God said, don't add to it. And God said, don't take away. God meant what he said and he said what he meant and he saw that it was good. So we need to quit this foolishness in the churches with rituals. Telling people what they got to do to 
make it in. The only thing I got to do to make it in is to accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. My works is not going to get me into heaven. I don't care how good they are. Because the only one good is God and my goodness is based on him and not me. So see, we depend on man to get us to certain places. But we got to depend on God. We got to hear what God is saying right then and right there. Y'all, we can't be time wasters. We wasting time debating in church. We wasting time worrying about what the government is doing. Come on, see what your government is doing, the kingdom of God. And begin to speak out concerning your kingdom. And when you speak out concerning your kingdom, you will begin to see a change in the government. Because if government ain't lining up with the word, we begin to pray for government and we send the word. And we let the word heal the government. I'm not agreeing with what's wrong in the government. I'm not. I'm not agreeing with stuff that's wrong. I'm agreeing with the word of God. And if somebody asks me, is that true? No. Because God ain't about that. This is what God is about. So when we agree with man, we're taking God's protection off of us. Y'all didn't know? We were moving his hand, even though his hand is there, because it's something I'm going into this. Let's go back to Psalms 91. We got verse 1, but guess what? Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. Who got to say it? He is my refuge. You got to make this personal. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Who is God to you? If he's your refuge, he's your shelter. He's your protection. He's your stronghold. He's your fortress. That means that in your time of trouble, God is hiding you. So even though you're in the midst of it, God has hidden you from COVID. He has hidden you from every plague and every disease. Why? Because he, you up under the shelter of the most high. But guess what happens that takes us out from under that shelter? We allow people to come in our lives and take our mind off of what God says. And that's when we're moving his hands because we're trusting in what man is saying and not what God has already said and stuff begin to creep in. And we wonder, where did it come from? Did you come from under the shelter of the most high? Did you come from under his protection? See, in Zechariah, the fourth chapter is talking about Zerubbabel. And God put him in charge of rebuilding that temple. But when God puts you in charge of something, he always sent his word to let you know how to carry it out. So he sent Zechariah to give Zerubbabel the word and doing this. And he said, not by might, nor by power, but it's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. So what we got to understand is God blesses the works of our hands to do his work. Not man's work. So see, if you're going on your job and you're doing it for man to praise you. No, God's supposed to get the glory. Not us. Because we're in his kingdom. We're his citizens. We're his ambassadors. So everything that we do 
without hands supposed to glorify God. It don't supposed to draw attention to us. Because when it do draw attention to us and we don't give the glory to, to God from whom it's due, then we're exalting ourselves. That's flesh. We want people to trust in us and not put their trust in man. Y'all, since I've been in ministry, I do not let people ride my skirt tail or coat tail or whatever. Yeah, I don't do it. I always tell them once God get them to a place, I have to loose them and let them go. And then when they come, what did God say? What did God tell you? Did you hear God on that? Because it's easy to go to somebody you feel that you can trust to get them to tell you something. But we have to back them up. I said, did you talk to God about that? What is God telling you? Now, if they tell you some off the wall stuff, no, I don't believe that's God. Let me tell you what the word has to say. See, because you letting them trust in him and not trust in you. Man want people to look at man. Look at their accomplishments. Look at what they do and how they do it. But God is telling us today, y'all, cursed is the man that put their trust in man and not put it in God. And he's telling you, you are moving. You're not identifying with God. That means your heart has departed. That's that. It's in that verse. Has departed from God. How do you know when people's hearts have turned from God? Because they're more sensitive to the world's way instead of God's way. You're hearing more about what man has to say instead of saying, God, what do you have to say about this? God, I hear what they're saying. But God, what do you have to say? Because, yo, you can get in conversations with some folk and it seems real. But all of a sudden when the Holy Spirit says, uh-uh, uh-uh, Mm-mm, that's not God. Then you got to bring corrections and you got to let them know a talebearer reveals secrets. <laughs> you got to tell them what the word of God says and you got to get yourself out of it because that's not God. So we want to do everything God's way. So then God began to show me a man in the Bible. His name is Asa. And Asa was one of those good kings, y'all, in the Bible. And it goes back to 2 Chronicles 16, and he's before that too. But Asa, he removed um, the um, high places. He did all of that stuff for God. And God helped Asa win many battles. So Asa knew that God was with him. See, when you're doing things God's way, and God knew that Asa's heart was right before him because he removed the high places. He removed these places where they were serving other gods. See, God know where your heart is. When your heart is before him, you're going to remove things out of your life that don't supposed to be there. Whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whether it's a cat, whether it's a dog, I don't care what it is. You're removing everything that you put in before God. You're saying you cannot take the place of my God. You're looking at things in your life and you're saying these things are keeping me from God. So God saw Asa's heart. He saw that he was a good king because he was removing all of these things. But later on in Asa's life, you can go back and read chapter 15 and then 16. But later on in chapter 16 of 2 Chronicles, what was happening to Asa, the king of Israel, was coming up against him. And what Asa did, he turned. To another king, the king of Syria, he wanted that king to defeat the king of Israel. Now check this, y'all. 
You're going to go to man after God have won many battles for you by you listening to God. And this, this is the heart, the thing that hurts. Now he's going to go to this king and he's going to make a treaty with this king. And when you make a treaty to this king, you have to give them money. He was giving them silver. He was giving them this to fight the battle for him. He was taking it out of the house of God. Y'all understand this. He don't want God's help, but he's taken away from God. That's how some of us are. We don't want God's help, but we take away from what belongs to God. That belonged to God. So he was giving it to that other king to fight that battle for him. But God is going to step. See, God don't leave you ignorant. God is going to send somebody to you because he loves you so much to tell you what you are doing. So he sent a seer, a prophet to him, Hanana, verse 7. And he, he sent that prophet to him, to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. And God began to tell him the battles that was won because God helped him in verse 8. And then verse 9, he said, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them, look at this, whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Who bought that on themselves? Asa. God just went back on the word that was already written. When you turn your heart from me, that means you trust in man and not me. So by you trust in man and not me, you're going to have many wars and you don't need my help. So Asa was upset because God, he checked him. God chastised those whom he loved and he let them know, you can't expect me to help you when you're depending on man. When you make him flesh your arm. So guess what? Asa got mad at the messenger. Lock them up in prison. How many people get mad at you? Don't want to talk to you. Because you're telling them the truth. And the ones that you're hanging around is not telling you truth. How many cut you off? Family, friends, church folk, Christian folk. Cut you off because you're telling them what God is saying. And they ain't looking to God. They're looking at you like you're the one speaking. So... He told Asa, he locked him up in prison. But then guess what began to happen to Asa, y'all? The Bible says that Asa even got something, a disease in his foot. Because he sought the physicians and did not seek God, he died. See, God always want us to come to him because he created us. He know our bodies. He know how things should function. He know how things should go. So we should depend on him first and foremost. We should not look to man. He said, don't you make flesh your arm. That means don't you let flesh, you know, take strength of flesh. He said, you don't do that. He said, because when you do, you're saying, God, I don't need your power. I don't need your help. This is why God has given us the gifts of the spirit. 
So we can go out so we can minister the word of God and whatever gift the spirit wills to bring forth. They know it didn't come from you. It had to be God because they didn't tell nobody. So they begin to say, oh, Lord, my God. Come on. How about um, Saul on the road to Damascus and how he crucified, did all these Christians wrong. But when the light shone down from heaven, he couldn't do nothing but bow down before that light. And say, Lord, what would you have for me to do? But guess what Paul did? He made a U-turn, y'all. Because God set it up. Paul couldn't see. But God told Paul, this is what I want you to do. But then he went to Ananias and told Ananias, this is what I want you to go to Paul and tell him. But then Ananias was looking at Saul's life. Isn't this the one who persecuted? That's what we do. We look at the woman because she was a prostitute. We look at the man because he was a drug addict. But we got to look to God who's sending us to these people to give them the word that he's telling us to give them outside of what they used to do. God said they didn't end that life no more. They're in me. And I got a work I want them to do. And look how quick God put Paul to work. Come on, right after that road of Damascus. God put him to work. He opened his blind eyes where he can see, but it didn't sneak up on Paul because God told him, I'm sending Ananias. So everything was in alignment. God don't do nothing outside his word. He's going to let you know what's going to happen. He's not going to let you be fooled because he's a loving God. He's going to let you know who's coming to you and what they're going to say and how they're feeling about what they're saying. And then God began to speak back through you and tell them what God said. That's why we have to spend time with God and know what he's saying. Then God showed me another man in the word of God, which was Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good king. He went in there and he changed things the way God wanted him to be. You can look at this in 2 Kings 18, and you can look again at it in 2 Chronicles 32. But I'm going to give you both versions because 2 Chronicles 32 leave out something that 2 Kings 18 said that we need on today. See, Hezekiah, he did some stuff. Go to 2 Chronicles 32 first. In 2 Chronicles 32, it's telling in the beginning of that verse, on up... To verse 6, it's telling how Hezekiah prepared the people for the coming of this king that was coming to attack them. The king of Assyria was coming to attack them, so he was getting prepared for the battle. And I want to ask you today, have you prepared yourself for the battles That's coming at you. Have you put on your whole armor of God? Do you have on your whole armor every day? I'm not talking about putting it on, taking it off. You got to keep it on, y'all. You got to keep this armor on every day. You got to keep the belt of truth on every day. You got to ask God to sanctify you in truth because you're preparing yourself. Because you don't know when them lies are coming. When you put on the belt of truth. You got to put on the breastplate of righteousness, but it cannot be held up without the truth coming from the word. Because the truth helps you to know that you in right standing with God. So when the enemy want to come in and make you feel like you out of place, you already put on that belt of truth to know you got on the breastplate of righteousness. 
You got to have on those shoes of the gospel of peace. You got to have on the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. What am I missing? Did I miss something? You got to have on this whole, um, not just pieces of it. You got to have it on every day and how you know you got it on because you're spending time with God. So when the enemy come in with the lie, you coming back with truth because you've been in the truth and knowing the truth is what's going to set you free. People can tell you truth, but you got to know what the truth is to be set free from whatever the enemy is bringing. So he prepared the people. But after he prepared the people, this is what Hezekiah did. In verse 7, he began to speak the word to them. Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria, nor for all the multitude that is with him. For there is more with us than with him. That's the same word Elijah gave his servant. See, Hezekiah was seeing in the spirit. Come on, when you look in the natural, you're like, more with us. Then is with them. Do you see all them horses? Do you see all them chariots? I don't see nothing back here but us. Come on, that's a natural man. A natural man cannot receive the things of the Lord. When you're born again, you're born from the spirit. So you can't be looking at natural. You got to look at supernatural. You got to look at what God has already said. And the only way you're going to see it is looking in the spiritual mirror, which is the word of God. Because if you don't, you accept anything that people say to be true because you don't know the truth. So Hezekiah, he began to encourage them. It's more with us than it is with them. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that, go with me to Psalms 20. And I'll give it to you directly. I won't miss it. Psalms 20 tells us, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, 27. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. See what he's saying? See, when you see people on the battlefield with all them horses and all them chariots, you think, oh, they got it going on. They're going to kick our butts today. You start running and you got the power of God. Come on, we start running. Come on, just like everybody be running from COVID. And the power of God is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't get me wrong, people. I'm going to say it like Missy. Peoples. Miracle temples. Don't get me wrong. It's here. It's here. But we don't let that deter us from who we are in him. We don't do that. So Hezekiah was encouraging them in the Lord. And listen what else he said. He said, with him is an arm of flesh. Y'all hear that? But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. They took those words, even though they knew what was coming physically. They took the words of Hezekiah because it was the word of God. They did not look at Hezekiah. They looked at the word that was coming from God through Hezekiah. So guess what? 
after Hezekiah encouraged them, here comes the enemy. After you getting encouraged today, I tell you nothing but truth. You're going to hear somebody that heard this broadcast. You're going to even hear some people up in here and say, now I understand what she said about that COVID. But listen here, it's real. Don't be stupid. If they take away three, four masks, you wear them masks, honey. You don't want to drop dead. You got people dropping dead by the truckload. And you don't want to be in the number. So just go ahead and do like the government tell you. I ain't never told you not to wear no mask. But who are you behind the mask? Come on now. You better know who you are. You better know who you are because if you take it down to breathe and you turn a corner, you better look both ways. Because if somebody see that mask from off that nose, a red light going to come on. Throw them out. They took the mask off. Truth. This is true. But guess what, y'all? When we're trusting in God, we can go about our lives. And y'all, we can live a normal life. We can live the best life. We can live the abundant life. With all of this going on around us. Because we ain't freaking out. We ain't going crazy. Now to be honest with you. I ain't letting nobody get all in my face and cough. Because before COVID came you didn't get in my face and cough in my face. That's just nasty. And you ain't going to do it now. And even because of COVID now. You ain't going to come up on me. I'm just going to lay, I'm just going to come out, come out. First of all, God is a healer, but that's just nasty. Some people didn't even wash their hands before COVID. Go to the toilet and come out and didn't even use soap before COVID. And they come up to you. Hey man, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Good thing you ain't got cameras in these bathrooms. Wiping behinds and coming out shaking your hand. And that feces is worse than COVID. But we didn't care. Husband and wife living in the same house. Nasty. Don't clean no toilets. Don't wash no dishes. Don't even wash. And you're kissing. Mm, baby, baby, baby. Kissing all over them. Sharing drinks. And now they want to be clean. Now they want to scrub everything and spray you down too. Y'all better open your eyes. This was here already. It's just showing up. And you're going to see a lot of things that show up. But God is getting you ready for what's yet to show up. Now, this Hezekiah that gave them that encouragement. Y'all, if you go back to 2 Kings 18, I believe, the same Hezekiah. Now, he refused in 2 2 Chronicles 32, no, 2 Kings 18, to pay this man tribute by giving him stuff, right? He refused to do it. But later on in 2 Kings 18, he 
was giving him gold, silver, and everything. And guess where he was taking it from? Out the house of God. Why do people take from God to give to the enemy and they think it's okay? Some of us are doing it. We're taking tithes. And we're giving it to the enemy. And we're not giving it to God the way we need to give it to God. You, you're not giving it to me. You're giving it to God. It's his. Amen. And I'm held accountable for what I do with what you place in these buckets. Because God see all things. But as long as you're doing what God told you to do, then you're okay. But they taking the gold. He even took a gold handle. Broke it off out of the house of God and gave it to his enemy to keep his enemy off of him. And guess what? The enemy still came at Hezekiah. Still came. He's going to come at you. But guess what? Hezekiah began to pray before the Lord. And that's when she, see, you got to read all of these incidents to get the whole picture. Because see, if I had to stay in 2 Chronicles 32, I would have missed the part where Hezekiah bowed down to the enemy. But then it switched up. So Hezekiah, the enemy come in and begin to discourage the people. This is what I'm telling you today. Everything I'm giving you today is somebody watching on TV land and somebody watching on Facebook. It's some devil watching. Oh, you say, did I call you a devil? I didn't call your name. I said some devil watching. If you consider yourself, you need to pray. Anyway. And people say, you got to watch what you say. No, God got my back. Because when I talk truth, I don't have to back up off truth. Because God told me that he have his angels around me. Because when you fear the Lord, he encamped those angels around you. So the, the devil come in after Hezekiah encouraged them and began to speak evil. He said, do you think... Just because Hezekiah told y'all to tear down all these altars. Don't worship no other gods. Do you think you're going to beat this COVID because you're worshiping your God? Do you think COVID ain't going to come to your house because you're worshiping your God? All the other gods that they were worshiping, we come in and COVID defeated them. So what make you think Kovic is not going to defeat you? I mean, he was just bringing it out there. Don't you know who the king of Assyria is? Don't you know that he has not lost a battle? And you're going to listen to Hezekiah? You're going to have confidence in Hezekiah? Hezekiah didn't have to say nothing else. Because God already said it. The enemy was speaking. Hezekiah already said what God was saying. God sent an angel that killed them all. Oh my God. What am I saying today? The church have become so worldly minded that they're no spiritually good. People can get mad at me all they want. They're talking God out of one mouth and they're talking worldly out of the other. God said, watch those that speak with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They're telling people more about the pandemic 
Then they're telling people about who I am and what I have already done. If the church would rise up and said, I don't deny that COVID-19 is not here, but I deny that it can come nigh our dwelling because we are dwelling in the secret place the most high and we are abiding up under the shadows of the almighty we can say because our trust is in God he is our refuge he is our fortress he is our stronghold he is our sure defense and we serve a great God and then we can say if it come in it ain't because God didn't do away with it it's because we accepted that and rejected him Because the Bible tells you cursed is the man that put his trust in man. And people are putting their trust in man because man is giving them evil what they want. You can sleep with anybody, anybody. Mm -hmm. You can kill anybody you want and it's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. You can steal. You can do all these things and it's okay. Did that belong to you? Yeah, you should have killed. They're trying to make it right. That's why we give truth. Because God gave all of us a choice. He give you a choice who you marry. He give you a choice of these things. Whatever you choose is on you. But God tell us what to choose rightly. That's why we raise our children up on the word. We don't go outside of the word. I want y'all to think about this. It's coming now. And be prepared because it was already on the way. You don't know who you're in the bathroom with. Because they're giving them permission to go in there now. I listened to something. Y'all heard it for myself. There was a pastor that preached for over 30 years, had a family, had two children and an adopted daughter. And he was married, 30 years preaching the gospel, but he was living a lie. He said, I was transgender. And he said, I couldn't take it no longer. So he didn't want to be Paul. He wanted to be Pauline. So he come out, it's, it's, it's open, it's on the internet. It's open, they done, the, they done the interview. He said, I finally come out with it and I finally was telling my wife and I was telling my children. But they got so used to him being dad. This is all they knew was him being dad. So the church let him go, but he didn't think it was right. Because he said he, people need to be who they are. He was like that since he was four years old. It's only two reasons why he thought he was like that. One, when he was in the womb, they wanted a girl instead of a boy. Two, when he come out of the womb, something had to happen to him that was so drastic that he felt like, I'm not a boy, I'm a girl. And then they're saying, if this was not God's will, y'all got to hear this. Well, why do my thoughts say I'm a girl? Ignorant gone to see. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he and so does he become. They said, was it hard for you to become Pauline? No, because that's who I always thought I was. 
So some people, it'll be hard for them to transition. But it wasn't hard for me. He's not married to his wife, but his children are sticking with him. And by the way, his son became a pastor of the same church. His son began to take up for his dad and he said he believed that's how it's supposed to be. So he started a group within the within the church saying this is okay. Guess what happened then, y'all? A woman that said she'd been in a Baptist church for years that open interviewed her. She said she knew that she was taught that it's an abomination before the Lord. She knew that she was taught that it was wrong. She said, that's how they taught me. But when I went to this church, I found out it is not wrong. This is all over. Internet. And people are accepting it and they're saying you need to be quiet. Mm-mm. God loves everybody. He loves transgenders. He loves homosexuals. God loves everybody. How do I know? Because he died for all of us. He didn't leave nobody out. He didn't leave Hitler out. He didn't leave nobody out. He created us the way he wanted us to be. And the enemy is confusing people and making them think you okay this way. No, you're not. God created you to be home. He created you to be. God is not about evil. He's about good. And now this is out now. Everybody, they said, need to be treated equal. They need to be who they are. Okay, if that's what you want, that's fine. But we as the church got to stand up and say, no, 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 no. Now they want to take away our right to speak the truth. They want people to come into church any kind of way. And they want us to sit here and act like it's normal. You can't do that. This is why men and women of God. Why do y'all think these people had so much going on? They were dying. Because they said, I'd rather obey God than obey man. If you love people, whatever sin they're in, it don't matter how big or how small it is because sin is sin. Some of us dwell so much on homosexuality. Some of us dwell so much on all this stuff. Everything that's outside of the will of God is sin. Ain't no big ones, ain't no little ones, and we should love everybody. But we should tell them the truth. You cannot hang with people and they're in fornication. They're in adultery. And we can't hang with them. We're supposed to separate ourselves from them. We don't even supposed to sit with them as brothers and si- brothers and sisters. We're supposed to depart from that. Because we know it's wrong and we tell them what's right. And if they refuse to hear it, we leave them to themselves. Why? Because we're in agreement When we're sitting there, knowing brothers and sisters, I'm talking about brothers and sisters in Christ, we bring correction. And if they don't take it, our hands has been washed. But see, the problem is we want to keep friends. That means you putting trust in man more than you putting trust and confidence in God. Church, you're the church. It's time for you to tell the truth. 
No matter if nobody ever speaks to you again, God's word don't change. And if you love them, you tell them truth. And that is why I'm hated so much. That's why the enemy sends so many people to make me look like I'm the worst person in the world because that's the love of God that's in me. He said if they hated me, they're going to hate you. So I still love them even though they hate me. Why? Because I'd rather give you truth so you don't have to go to a place that wasn't made for you. It was made for Satan and his angels. It was not made for us. God did not create hell for us. And when we love people, we want to give them what God has done for us. Jesus walked as a man to let them know I'm here for you to trust in God, the God I serve. I only do and I only say what he do and what he says. I only see what he's seeing so I can do what he would have for me to do. You can't sit there and listen to a lie and agree with it to keep peace. That's not God's peace. You want to make sure you tell the truth. We have been teaching on strife and offense and how it's hidden and it's hidden through pride. And the thing is, when we have a problem with a brother and sister, we don't do like man would do and write them off. We don't stay from around them. We go to that brother and sister and say, hey, I need to share this with you. Or I feel like something is off. I just want to make sure I didn't do this. Is what I teach. That's in the Bible, Matthew 18. Matthew 18, it tells us what we're supposed to do as Christians. That's not what the world do. The world writes you off and says, if you never say nothing to me, I don't care. Go on about your business. I got more than you. I got other people that love me. You care. Because if you didn't care, you wouldn't be running your mouth. You would just go on about your business. So when we do anybody wrong, we don't do like man do. We're supposed to love our enemies. We're supposed to bless those that curse us. Love those that hate us. Pray for those who despitefully use us see when you know you hadn't done no wrong but you know there's a change you want to make sure i'm not a part of that change we do what the word says we do opposite the more you in the word the more you begin to understand the word for what it is and you don't put trust in man you put it in god because god will show you y'all what to do and how to do it because we don't Lean on man. Because I gave y'all an illustration. I believe it was in Bible study. I had a Thea and Gloria up here. And I was telling Gloria, I believe, do you trust a Thea? Was that that way? A Thea? Or did she trust Gloria? And in a way, she was kind of iffy. Right? But what happened when she moved? Somebody almost fell. Right? It was talking about a tree, how you can lean against a tree. But if something happened to that tree, you're going to fall behind the tree. But when we trust and depend on God, he's always there to help us. He's never going to leave us, nor is he going to forsake us. So what I'm saying today is, whom are you trusting? Whom do you have confidence in more than you have in God? The Bible even tells you. Don't put your confidence in man. 
You don't. Even though you know or you feel like they won't let you down, something will end up happening where whatever man told you, they have changed their mind. Have you ever went somewhere for a loan and everything looked in the up and up and you smiling? Then the day you got ready to sign the papers and they tell you, oh, got some good news and I got some bad news. Which one you want first? Well, I'm going to give y'all this one. Don't put y'all trust in these tax, uh, uh, what you call them? Income tax preparers. Because they'll tell you one thing and you lay down smiling. You wake up and feel like everything done crumbled. I never forget I went to this man because people told me, oh, he'll get you some money back. I said, for real? I ain't where I am now. He, I, he'll get you some money back. I said, okay. So I, you know we're going to drag them husbands with us because they got to sign them papers when you go and join. I made sure he was off work. That day. I said, come on, they're going to get us some money. We sitting there, and he say, got some good news for you, Miss Bryant. I said, okay. What's the bottom line? When he told me, I said, Shoot, I can praise Jesus then. Praise Jesus! I ain't ashamed to praise him then. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. So we're going home smiling. Next, can somebody say, next day. Next day. I answered the phone. Miss Brown, Miss Brown. Yes. Told me who they were. I said, okay. Well, I got some good news and got some bad news. Which one you want first? I said, just give it to me. You know that number I told you yesterday? Yeah. Well, it's wrong. And you kind of, oh, I said, excuse me. Oh, 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 oh. You uh, retract them taxes because they ain't right. You got to send that money back. Devil is a lie. I put my confidence and the one they were telling me they can get me back some money. And I was owing some. Mm -hmm. Owing some. So I have learned <laughs> over the years to trust God because God ain't going to let nothing sneak up on you. I'm going to give you another one, me and my husband. <laughs> when we first was going to get our home, and that's why you got to stay in alignment with God and know what he wants you to do and how he wants you to do it. We had to fill out for the loan. And I told my husband, I said, the Lord already told me the home was going to go in his name. And throughout our marriage, everything was in my name. He was getting some stuff fixed on his end. So when I told my husband that, he said, how in the world is a home going to go in my name? When every time we get something, it's in your name. I said, I'm just telling you what God said. We filled out the application, and the lady called me, and she said, Miss Bryant, I need to tell you something. Y'all know how to do. I got good news for you, and then I got some not-so-good news. I said, well, just tell me. She said, the bad news is you have some medical bills, and until you pay those medical bills, we can't put you on this application. But the good news is your husband can, you know, be on the application without you, but you're going to be on the title deed. I said, listen here, what's his is mine, what's mine is his. We'll be in there to sign them papers. Did God fool me? He told me what was going to happen before it happened, so I wasn't putting my trust in the bank. 
I was putting my trust in the home was already ours. So what am I telling you? Go back and check yourself. See where your trust lies. Because if it lies in God, he's not going to fail you no matter how it looks. You got to stand on this word just like Abraham, no matter how old he was, no matter how old Sarah was. Sarah even laughed at God. But God gave him a promise. So we got to hold fast to what he's saying. Because let me tell you something, y'all. Man have natural knowledge and wisdom. It comes from books. But if they would take what they have, like George Washington Carver, the inventor of the peanuts and all. He went to God early in the morning. And he would say, Mr. Creator, what do you want me to do with this? And God would tell him what to do and how to do it. And people were coming because they were so amazed. He would take a dead flower. And he would ask God, why did this flower die like this? And God would tell him what to do. And people were so amazed. Why? Because he depended on God. That's why when we come in contact with people, we got to tell them about our God. And we got to have confidence in what we're saying about our God. And when we have confidence in him, it will change the person we're talking to because God is not going to be made ashamed of. Whatever he said, he's going to do. Because God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? And shall he not make it good? Because he is God. So we need to keep our mouth out of it. If we're not speaking according to what he's saying, we only speak what we believe. If you don't believe it, don't open your mouth. Because God know your heart is far from it. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. I want to give this time to Lily.